Is the worst person you've ever dated worse than being alone? (laughs) Today we're observing a few things. We're observing Miley, this GTX BS. uh, China's population's down. The price of eggs. Uh, (laughs) My COVID dating theory and that no one in this room is on birth control, including Josh, the producer. (laughs) (laughs) Super fertile in here. Uh, I don't know. Okay, but before we get into the show, I want to shout out to our sponsors, Cash App. The observation is powered by Cash App. When personal finance meets your funds and the stuff that matters, that's money, that's Cash App. Download the app, buy Bitcoin. It's now at $21,380. Nice. Yeah. Are we back? Oh my God, it's finally happening. <laughs> we're so back, baby. Miley Cyrus, we're both fans. Miley. She dropped Flowers, uh, which is really the same beat as Bruno Mars's uh, When I Was Your Man. I think that's the name of the song. Is that the name? No, that's the, that's the, I should have bought you flowers. What's the name of the song? I don't, I think well, it's yeah, when, when I Was, when your, I was your Man. man. Um, the same beat or the same premise? So, the same, it's the same beat and pretty much the same premise. It's like the response of that song. Like did they work together on it? No. So why she did it to that song was because Liam, her ex-husband, dedicated that song to Miley on their um, their like wedding, engagement party wedding like weekend. And uh, she- Sorry, wa- on their wedding weekend, he chose a breakup song? Like about all the mistakes he'd made? Exactly. Red flag. Exactly. If a man picked that song for me, I'd be like, so... You're just telling me you're really going to fuck up? Or you already fucked up and you don't deserve me, right? Because the song is like... Hmm. Interesting. At the end of the song, Bruno Mars What other evidence do you have? I have a lot of evidence because I'm on the internet. Oh, (laughs) Oh, I forget. At the end of the song, he goes, I hope he buys you flowers. Interesting. It doesn't make it better. But so what else happens in the song that, about Liam? Uh, or what's the deal here? Yeah, yeah. So she basically comes back. Song's called Flowers. She dances all over where they used to live, apparently, or allegedly. I don't know. That's what the internet said. And where he cheated on her with 14 girls. And I did not know Damn. that that dude got down so hard. And I was like... Oh, because he's so ugly. It'd be really tough. I mean, he... I'm, I just like, I'm kind of bummed about the news because yeah. I thought he, he was my celebrity crush. Yeah, he was totally cutie sweetheart. And yeah. when they did, um, like when people the like, last song, oh. ugh, when the light shines through, if you don't even know, when the light shines the through the stained music. glass window while she plays the piano. Such an underrated film. Totally. So when people are like, what's your ideal dude? I actually think of Liam Hemsworth. And to think of him. ideal man. <laughs> the boy from the movie when I was 19. When I was a little, was younger than that. But um, you're older than me, so I have no way of knowing. <laughs> you're getting older, girl. You're getting older. Should we go to the wall? I'm going to hit the wall. <laughs> okay, okay, but wait, what do we, we love Miley? We love Miley. We love Miley. I love Miley. I was thinking about Miley on the way here because I was listening to this new song. And I was actually thinking about like, a, just the general trauma of being a Disney Channel kid. But I feel like we don't always give like mainstream pop artists kind of that same um, respect for their vulnerability as artists. And like, I loved Miley through her, like Miley and her dead pets, like twerk era, <laughs> you know? Like 
I loved her. And it's it's just there I was I was so proud of her because she had no choice but to do that in public, like to release these weird albums and like to just kind of rip it and know it's just like the constant knowledge that people are gonna be judging what you're doing or commenting on what you're doing and it doesn't suit their box here and it doesn't suit their box there and like it's just cool because even though she's a very mainstream star like I feel like I watched I got to like watch her re-experience herself and like reinvent herself you know she then she had that whole era and then she kind of retreated and then she came out with Malibu you know and younger now and it was like just like her evolution and even though she's not you know the you know, I, I don't know. I feel like we give credit to people like Bob Dylan or like Patti Smith, like insane, like, yeah. you know, songwriter, whatever. But like, she's also doing the same thing. And just cause I love her, I had a deep affection for it. Every time, every time she like loves herself more, or like gets to know herself better. And I feel that in an album, I'm like, Miley, I love you. And your voice is amazing. Dude, you know? I think we owe, I always love when time passes and you look back at how someone was treated. Everyone owes her a fucking apology. Do you remember in 2013 when she did that, um, it was MTV Awards and she wore that like- Like that that mouse thing? It was just unflattering on her ass. And they were like, oh, Uh. it looks like chicken cutlets and people body shamed the fuck out of her. Uh, Savage. Yeah, she was like absolutely ripped apart online because she had no ass. Who gives a fuck, number one? Yeah. And number two, like everyone just like didn't get her. I think that's where you get big stars though it's like no one should get you at per, at certain points in your career because you're yeah. you're moving the ball forward well and you have to do it in public i think we owe i think you i think honestly living in public life is the worst thing ever like i i would never want it but i also think like we constantly owe every artist and innovator an apology you know yeah. because human beings like we just don't we don't have the ability to let people evolve publicly without sort of reprimanding them exactly you know and yeah so thanks miley so thanks miley the song's sick i like it i hope she comes out with more stuff um, she is album out on march 10th oh that's just a single and the album yeah without cool should we move where should we move now or do you want to what do you want to talk about mads and that just go down that the, lineup go down the list All right. well we'll we'll go into three arrows capital founders trying to basically fundraise for a new project which is basically a new crypto exchange yeah uh if you remember the three arrows capital guys uh they owed like a few billion dollars to a lot of creditors uh but they there was a deck that went like viral on twitter everyone was sharing it i still don't entirely know if it's legit or not but you know people are saying it is a legit deck it has like four dude founders on it and people are including them um, and they're like, yeah, we're looking to raise around 25 mil. Wouldn't it be nice? Uh, and it's called GTX. <laughs> like, and the crazy thing is people will throw A, money B, C, at this. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It is. <laughs> You're so. Do you have to do that every time you need to know alphabetical order? Do you have to sing the I song? I do, I do. Yeah, 100%. Um, that's disturbing. I mean, it's just... Sorry, so what's the funds doing? Or what's the... Sorry, the exchange? Suzu and Kyle Davies, who previously ran 3AC and went bankrupt. Right. Congrats. Um, they want to create a new exchange <laughs> called GTX. A successful cust- exit. That lets <laughs> customers from bankrupt crypto firms, Voyager, Celsius, FTX, Mt. Gox, trade their bankruptcy claims. Wow, <laughs> that is amazing. That's um, clown level nine million. It works million. like this. 
<laughs> you put your money in and you never get it back. I'm not even going to fucking read it how it works. <laughs> you put your money in and you never get it back. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's just like brought someone tweeted. It was like idiot, like GTX founded by idiots brought. What is it brought to you by? It's just stupid. My point here is delusional <laughs> men run the fucking world. I think if you're delusional enough, you can do anything because you don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about you. And sure. you're bold enough to throw out a deck to people and be like, uh, give me millions of dollars and I definitely deserve it after I lost billions before. I I feel like it's, it's, it is, it's delusional people, but they're like circle jerking each other for so long. Mount Gox is still in there. Like, it's just such a funny thing. Like, it does make you kind of question the whole situation, you know, like no, like, I don't know, like no new players are entering. They're just going to fundraise off of each other. Like VC in general, I'm sorry, has become like a complete, it's just a big, big old fraud. And they're just trying to keep their fees so they can keep managing stuff. And they love crypto people because they'll just keep inventing BS stuff to get more fees. Like, I don't even know. I just, think, that is a completely non-technical think, analysis of the situation, but it's. I think there's blood on all the VCs hands it's actually all the vc's fault that everything bad that's happened with crypto has happened in my opinion you know why because vcs can't invest in real crypto products why look at the like in the sense that a venture capital firm isn't going to invest in a truly decentralized company or network in the way that they need to. They might buy the token, they might yeah. participate in it, yeah. but they can't put an investment in a private company that's taking seed capital. Like, I just think it doesn't, they went into every web three company and, and that was a common critique is people were yeah. like, uh, if Andreessen owns 40% of every single one of these platforms, <laughs> like, is that really what we're up to? Yeah. Like, you know, and it's not. So the, as long as they're, as long as they're funding it, it's a lie, but their whole life is a lie at this point too. So is there any other takes I have on this, except for the sad thing about crypto right now is this is the biggest story of the week. Like I was putting together what we're going to talk about today. I mean, we talked about Gemini a little bit, yeah. but this, there's nothing new. This is the biggest story. We're sleeping. Everyone's sleeping. <laughs> I'm sleeping. I haven't followed crypto in, in months, honestly. And honestly, good for you. Good on you. <laughs> China's population is down for the first time in 60 years, and it is a deepening demographic crisis for the country. And I just wonder what you think about why that's happening. <laughs> um, communism. And well, the one child policy, hugely problematic, trying to, again, communism control. Maybe we were wrong about that, weren't we, China? <laughs> Here's, this is something really interesting. China's population is falling and it has been predicted by demographers such as Peter Zion, Peter Zion, who I've mentioned on this show before, who has three great books, uh, including his most recent book, The End of the World is Just the Beginning, and a wonderful email list. Um, he's a demographer and a <laughs> geopoliticist, geopolitician, I never know how to say it. Um, and he walks through every major country and what their population looks like and the impact that it'll have on their economy. And he has said 
for like 10 years now, everyone thinks China is the next global superpower and it's not because they had a huge population boom and then they implemented the one child policy. And then there's just a general like lack of reproduction in a lot of, of major economic powers, like in all of Europe, in the US Here. and in China. Yeah. Um, the US is like actually kind of more 50, 50 because of our, just the way our population is. But he, he says that China, literally the CCP will not be able to hold the country together because there'll be so much unrest because the young people are essential for a functioning economy because they make the new goods and they carry the new goods and they manufacture and they have all the services that support the life of the retired population that lives from, you know, let's say 55 to 100. All those people, you know, a lot of people don't retire till they're 70 or whatever, but that general range, they need younger people to do more hard labor and everything like that. And the country will just fall apart. Like Russia, according to him, literally basically you might as well count it out as ever existing anymore because they're going to lose all of their young people all the young men that they have left they're going to lose fighting in ukraine because their their population is so outsized towards older people and they can't they're not going to be able to feed everyone and produce enough food and you're just going to have these like old dying populations china is interesting because they had such a population boom and they don't let their people's money leave the country so then they started building these like giant cities and the only way that chinese people People could invest in anything other than their communist party's currency that they hold was to buy apartments in these and now they just have massive empty cities full of high-rises that nobody lives in and that nobody ever will live in because their population will never get big enough again and so he basically says that china's just going to fragment into a bunch of pieces and um the unrest that develops from this will be like it'll just kind of destroy the the unity of the country but that's what happens when you have a when you have a government telling you exactly how to live and reproduce. They all they do is stifle human intuition, human instinct, mm -hmm. and like human evolution. So not letting people basically having everyone kill their daughters for like twenty five years didn't pan out so well. You know, karma's a bitch, China. Um, I would say my weird take from that is truly not everyone can be fighting in Russia. Sorry, I'm exaggerating, but Russia already has China's problem and they're like 10 to 15 years ahead. And then mo a lot of the young men that they have are going to get messed up by having to fight all this time. And the country, read the book. All right. I do think communism though, that, that for sure is a huge take. My take is that not going to go into the Wuhan province of um, China, but I will go there. Uh, I'm not going to go there. But here I, here I do go, you know? Here I skip over there. I feel like we never had an actual, and you will never get an actual amount by China or its government mm. of how many people, how many, first of all, back to the one child policy, uh, how many children were, like, I don't even think they know. I mean, it's yeah. just, there's no way of knowing how many women died during that, but there's also no way of knowing the total body toll because we were getting not correct numbers. It just didn't even make sense when they were reporting back to us mm. and just reporting out to the world. So you take like their younger population is very depleted. Mm -hmm. And I do think there'll be unrest in terms of people be so fed up and like physically labored to death trying to provide for the older population. And it's just not sustainable. Yeah. And that's, that's what happens when you, 
you're already sort of seeing that, right? In the sense that they have these huge Apple factories, for example, like young people need work and the economy has to continue, Yeah. but th- you're just going to have, it, it'll just be so outsized the amount of work that they have to put in to support the country and the lack of reward that they get back, that there's just no way they, they maintain the, the power that they have. This could be dark, but just suicide rates of the of the people that are mm. doing these jobs, like I opting out of just basically slave labor mm. to keep the country running or kill yourself. Like, I mean, Japan has that problem. Yeah. with I don't working. know the numbers on that. I don't know the numbers. I mean, and you would probably wouldn't know the numbers in for uh, for China, but I know in Japan, like very very difficult, different, and diff- huh. totally different culture. But there's just the work mentality there is insane, and and uh, yeah. I don't know, man. Point being actually re a later topic or this topic now, like for a lot of developing countries, not having children is going to prove to be a huge political and economic problem. And it's interesting because the narrative around climate is too many people overpopulation we can't support everyone the earth's gonna fall apart and actually like massive depopulation is going to be a way bigger short-term problem because in you know 50 to 70 years like the eu is going to have the same issue as china where you just have a whole bunch of people who are still alive but can't really provide for themselves um and it's it's this kind of interesting balance where like part of the story is don't you know have more kids it's not really worth it to be alive and it's not really you know going to help the planet but then the other thing is like reproducing is a really natural kind of human instinct and also it's an important part of supporting you know the older generations yeah. so it's going to be this weird fallout where even i think not for the better having a kid is going to become politicized so like in the u.s for example yeah we're also going to have a population dip like a lot of millennials are not going to have kids gen z will be more 50 50 but it'll it'll become a political perception and a political choice whether or not you choose to have children option one being i'm not going to have children because like the planet is warming, you know, the earth is dying, life not worth living, like can't afford too expensive. Option two will be, I'm going to have children because the country, like it'll, the needs more people. It'll be like almost a weirdly patriotic decision. You know, life is meant to be lived and like we will innovate to have, you know, to be able to support more people. I think it's wrong to put a value judgment on having a kid either way, but I I think in in 10 to 15 years in the same way of like we need you like the posters of women or whatever. I literally think you'll have posters that it's like we need you to have a baby, you know? Like Yeah, I, so, I agree. Kind of interesting. It used to be a religious thing also back in the day. I mean, my my mom and dad come from big Catholic families yeah, and they would have five kids. Well, yeah. a, lot, a lot on mortality rate, that's a totally different topic but religion used to push that more and even mormon lds families in arizona they have massive families yeah to keep the population to keep the religion going yeah now people are i would say less religious than they've ever been and yeah. so you're gonna get 
it more pressure from like the government, the countries to be like, please have children. Yeah. Which is kind of wild. I don't, the whole thing will be, will be pretty interesting, but I think there's a, there's a, there's like a, the side note to this is that like the, I think that there's a similar situation with Bitcoin of like self-sovereignty, which is there's more and more women who are choosing to go off of hormonal birth control, which has been, I'm not saying that just having kids willy nilly is the right call, but like obviously birth control has been a way to limit population increase. And it's almost like this funny, like second wave sort of, feminism or like liberation or whatever where more women are learning how to track their cycles and learning how to like genuinely prevent pregnancy with methods other than having hormones in their body that you know in the long term cause emotional problems and like hormonal imbalances and mask health issues and it's and and you'll see articles like on tiktok you know it'll say like you'll see an article about how there's too many girls on tiktok opting for no birth control and that really you know, freaks people out. But then at the same time, women are like, actually, I think we can figure this out together and we can learn about it. And it's kind of an interesting, kind yeah. of an interesting thing. The whole, th- I think the whole thing, I don't know how it comes together yet, but I think the whole thing pieces itself together eventually in, in sort of an interesting manner. Maddie, I've never been on birth control <laughs> uh, my entire life. Uh, I was never put on birth control by my mom. I, when I got to an age where I guess I could decide that for myself, I just didn't because I was never on it and I felt fine without doing that. But let me tell you, telling people when you were younger, girls, boys, whoever, that you're not on birth control was like, holy shit, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, what do you do? Like almost like living was an impossibility if you weren't on birth control, which is an insane It's crazy. If we think about it, our women in society, in, in the US, let's just take the US, yeah. have been on birth control for the past 60 years, probably, uh, for people's entire life. And we don't really know the effects of it. It's relatively new. It's been in our yeah. last lifetime that people have been on this. And it's interesting because I, um, I my, there's a really interesting thing that I want to pull where my grandma and uh, like her her cousins and aunts or people are sitting around and they recorded themselves talking about when the pill came out. Whoa. And it's like a tape recording that we have. And they would they would sit and smoke and drink and talk about it. Like the Love first podcast. But as we talk about it here. The original podcast. It, it honestly was. I think it's so cool. They record themselves debating. And it That's is. It, it's really kind of cool. Um, but that said, like, I would tell people, you know, I, I've never been on birth control and people would lose their minds. Now, I think it's fucking mind blowing. I think it's crazy that we've actually put our women on birth control and never even asked them most of the time. Like most of these women, because they think women can't make choices for themselves um, and they fear that their daughters are going to get pregnant. They just automatically put their girls on birth control at like the age of whenever they get a period and that's it the rest of their life and and there's no thought process outside of that i think that's insane to be honest i've always thought it's insane i've never said it out loud and i don't judge anyone's choice to be on birth control i've never judged any of my friends all of them are on it i just think the idea of okay my daughter can now get pregnant let me just like hit her with this is insane when we don't know how it affects women. And I will also say, maybe I'm the exception to this. 
I've never even had like a pregnancy scare. I've never even been close, like very obviously thankful or I don't know, maybe I just used my own brain and figured life out. Right. Um, I've never had that situation, but I will say everyone from my hometown with the exception of like four or five, all pregnant a lot of times before they're married and probably, you know, unplanned pregnancies. I don't think they were trying to do that. Of course they love their kids and everything. You know, I'm not, right. no shade at all. I'm just saying, I feel like I manage that better mm. than people who were literally on it their full lives and somehow mm. still ended up pregnant. Like, I don't understand. Well, uh, maybe I'm no, insane no, 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 and no, no, I don't no. mean to put any judgment Actually, on Actually, I think that's an issue. Here's, here's what I think is the, the issue here, right? The, the way we think about freedom for women, right? Or sexual freedom yeah. for women, to your point, is somewhat neutering you, you know, yeah. will spay you for, for 10 to 15 years of your young adult life, okay? Or we won't teach you anything and you know, eventually you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out or you'll accidentally get pregnant or something like that. Where there's a, you know, there could be an, another option, which is it's really important to teach you about how your cycle works, like how your hormones work. It's a, it's, it's a sort of negligence towards the lives of women that like kind of has always existed yeah. to just have birth control be the only solution because then young girls will have physical problems like either with their period or just health issues and birth control is prescribed as the solution but all it does is take away your body's way of talking to you and I recommend this book called the fifth vital sign I was telling I think I was telling you about it the other day the fifth vital sign that literally says that the menstrual cycle is like like the heartbeat like the pulse like like the blood pressure for a woman and it's telling you about your body and yeah. so then instead of like acknowledging that at all it's either you know we're going to teach you nothing and then you're kind of going to have you know an accident or you can completely ignore this part of your body and your health and like we will literally hormonally spay you for as long as you will allow us and that's freedom you know and I think that I, I fucking love the feminist movement of the 60s and 70s that like mm -hmm. made that a thing and that made female liberation a thing I think the next evolution of that is like what if we liberate ourselves through shared knowledge and like shared experience and not through a pill that some male doctor made that doesn't really re correspond to our body's health at all you know because that's the flip side of it is that then we never learn it's just another way to like suppress like natural female energy and the our instinct to then share knowledge about it and to talk about it and to like learn from our cycles which we used to do for a long long time i think it's great to prevent pregnancy i don't think people should be going around getting pregnant when they're not ready totally. i don't think you should go up birth control if you're you know not no. in the space to really track it and like learn the methods but the fear that we instill in women around their bodies combined with the just like lack of interest in teaching them about it is like such an issue well the propaganda of teaching people when i don't know if this was your experience it was mine at school you know like they would have the sex ed classes they'd be like you can get pregnant anytime yeah it's always a risk it's not true it's literally not true you can only <laughs> get pregnant like a few days out of the month yeah and so 
my counterpoint, because I also say, like, I, I don't think I'm completely right. Like, I think I am the exception to the rule of people who weren't on birth control, that right. I was responsible and understood it. Though it is not rocket science, it really isn't. Right. I do think that if the if the if you're weighing, oh, my daughter's heavily medicated or she's pregnant, I'm sure you probably want heavily medicated over right. that, and that's For why sure. people were doing that. So I'm not I'm not saying like we don't want teenage pregnancies in America, right. ideally, but maybe right. we do, right? Maybe we need to reduce the population. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, we don't. We don't. But um, but I think okay. Is a condom not enough, people? Like, could you not put a condom on? Could mm. you not, like, mm. just just for a few days, could you just put a condom on at least? Just Aubrey's your gym teacher. She goes, just wrap it up, just people. Just wrap that up. Like, I don't understand why a condom, and you know why I think it is? Because I think pharmaceutical companies made a lot of fucking Let's money. Let's get into it. And I think it there's a big propaganda Women's on it. health literally encompasses every issue <laughs> but it, is. it it encompasses like financial freedom and independence it encompasses like you know class always class always race you know always gen like obviously all of these things yeah. education yeah it's 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 crazy yeah and I don't know how to even wrap it up because well, it's so big. Mads, do you care sharing that you're not on it anymore? No, I went off of it. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I thought <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Well, I think that's actually really interesting because I, there's this whole movement right now for women and people are saying this all over TikTok. Like I've gotten off birth control. It's like almost the new popular thing when it wasn't popular when I was a kid, <laughs> people made fun of me. Aubrey's <laughs> like, see, I was right. No, I think like- But I, why did you go off? I, why did you go I off? went off of it because- <laughs> I, I felt like I reached a point in my life where I I was in the place to be really responsible for my own body and my own decisions. And I when I started to read about it, that's what really got me. And I'm glad, and you know, I don't know. I'm glad I was on birth control when I was young because it was less of an anxiety, you know, but you're glad you were on birth control. You weren't on birth control. So I think it's, you know, whatever, you have to learn to just kind of roll with what, what you've got. But when I started reading about it and there were a few key things that I learned, yeah. the first thing was that when the pill was first invented, um, for those of you um, non-menstruating listeners, uh, the birth Please. control pill <laughs> typically has, you know, it's a full 28 days and the last four days is the sugar pill. And I was taught, you know, my mom and other people were like, yeah, you take the sugar pill and then you get a period and that's how you keep your body healthy. It's like sort of just a natural, you know, it kind of brings your period back. Uh, then I learned that when the birth control pill was invented, it was on a hundred day schedule and the women who were taking it, they'd never seen anything like this before. And so they were so convinced that they were pregnant. And then the doctors would have to say like, no, this is part of the study. This is part of the thing we're inventing. You're, you're not pregnant at all. And it was like so psychologically confusing that these doctors just decided to put these four sugar pills in at the end. And you're not actually mm -hmm. having a period when you take those, you're having a withdrawal from the hormones. You're having a, what's called a withdrawal bleed from the hormones that they're giving you. And that was the first thing that messed with me because I was under the impression, you know, mm -hmm. from my male gynecologist that 
part that was part of keeping my body's healthy rhythm, but it but it really wasn't right. So yeah. that one was interesting. Um, the next one is evolving studies um, about like rates of cancer based on how long you take them. So you know, a few years typically is fine. Ten years, you know, then you start to have a higher risk. You know, twenty years, your risk gets much higher. Yeah. It seems kind of 50-50 On you know, some people say it, it makes it harder to get pregnant. That seems pretty unclear actually but the cancer thing is definitely an evolving definitely breast cancer well, and is up 40 percent and, and, and to your point right like mm -hmm. there's a whole combo of things like um i actually think that the the no birth control movement is kind of the female equivalent of like deep twitter um all red meat males it is like it's that same like all red meat no seed oil males no, and it is. It is. i think it's like that's the complimentary that's the like hyper femme and hyper mask like yeah. internet if you guys want to get on there yeah. and, and look into that um but it is like they are like sort of combined the guy that only eats meat liver exactly king. Like, it's like liver yeah, king yeah, for yeah. women who just was on like roids I and was see, lying about I everything I but there even... were so many facts like that yeah. and then to literally learn that you know m my female hormones were not being you know if you want to get woo woo about it we're not being honored we're not being honored by taking this pill and like i i was sort of taking away my natural feminine like cycles and understanding you know even the way i work right yeah. i have noticed a like, complete changes in my creativity since going off the pill because i you know our hormonal cycle happens on a full 28 days yeah. you know if you want to shorten it to 24 days just to for fun our whole cycle for is on 24 days a guy's cycles on 24 hours you know what i'm saying wow. like they cycle with the sun we cycle with the moon okay so that is like, then that's a whole difference in the way your mind works and the way yeah. your body's moving. And it's so fun. It is so fun to like watch my mind and body work that way. And I actually have grown to love it. And I was taught not to because I was needed to fit into the 24 hour cycle. And it, so it's this, it's this really cool, you know, you know, and it's not like, again, I was talking about Twitter. Like, it's not like I'm going to go sit by the river and like never be productive, but it's just no. like, I'm productive differently. I understand my productive hours differently. Like yeah. when I'm, you know, ovulating or whatever, like I'm fucking up all night. I got so many ideas. I'm like execution queen. And when I'm, you know, PMSing, I'm still a functioning person. I don't need, like, I'm not like, we don't need to walk around being like, I'm on my, I'm on my time of the month. Like, I don't have to be like super <laughs> sexist about it like that. But I feel differently about myself. My confidence level is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And now I don't mind that as much. Like, I'm not scared of that. I'm sort of, in fact, I'm like, okay, interesting. Like, I should spend some alone time. And like, this is a great time to read, you know? Yeah. Or like, to think about all the things I was executing on and how I'm gonna do it the next month. Like, it's just a different way of understanding yourself in in the world and I think it's I think it's very liberating. It is yeah. more liberating than suppressing that. Because you, you know? actually know who you are because when you're on medicine the whole time, you know, going through puberty, you actually don't meet yourself exactly yeah. how you are. And the one thing I like about how I was brought up now in retrospect uh, is that I know I've always been exactly who I am and it's similar the way you don't drink alcohol. Like right. you made a statement went to me one time, you said something like, uh, the cool about the cool thing about not drinking alcohol or one of the cool things about it is that I have to own all of my decisions. Right. Well, I feel like I because I've never been, oh, it's just the it's the birth control. Like there's always some cop out of something. Right. Um, I've always been myself and I know who I am almost more right. innately. And the other thing is it's like we don't need to be sedating like a period, like it's a symptom. It's not right. a symptom. Like exactly. 
Women, it's literally be, a vital being sign. Being a woman is not a, like a problem that needs yeah. to be medicated. And I'm, I think it's a tragedy that will be looked back upon as a big yeah. A big problem. That said, I do think that birth control, the pill, is worth it for some people. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a lot of benefits. Who People who have really bad periods, people that... Are, I have a pretty normal one. Like, people have problems. I would say most of the time, a condom can work. Uh, if you teach your daughters right. how, like, how to be responsible, they can have both the freedom to be who they are and make that decision when they get older if, or if their periods get unbearable or whatever. I'm sure we've lost the entire male audience at this point. But I I do think it's important. It's important for- <laughs> Show is 93% males. We're like, this episode is about periods. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like, I, I just think that you can teach your daughters to right. be, and if you don't trust that they are responsible enough, yeah. it's like, oh, now you don't trust women. Like, I don't know. Oh, and if you're a dude listening to this, don't make your daughter feel uncomfortable about her period. Interesting. Yeah, it's not It's not that weird. Okay, speaking of eggs, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that the price of eggs is almost $9 around the country? For 12 eggs? For a carton. What's the deal with the eggs, right? Like, <laughs> what? It's, it seems like such a compounding problem, okay? Inflation, bad, okay? Transporting the eggs, difficult, okay? It's like, we're gonna have a lot of food issues in the future because supply chain's broken. So You know, I, I'm worried I about people. I, we're, we're laughing, but I would just wanna make a quick comment. Like, it is objectively uncool and really scary and sad when basic food needs, like you think about a family, my mom runs a homeless shelter, like when it becomes unsustainable for people to care for their families, like that is really, yeah. Like I think that that, like all attention then should be diverted to that problem, you know, and, and innovating and helping for that problem because that like, I just, I can't imagine being in the place where it's like, I can't, buy these eggs. I don't have enough money to buy this breakfast for my kids for a week or whatever like that. You know, I don't know how to fix that, but I, I would like to help or I think, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's really, I mean, eggs are in everything. They're in like cakes. You can't even bake. When it becomes a problem where you can't make family dishes or something that you used yeah. to do to pass on to your kids and have a memory, like eggs not to it, but they are, it, it's like, it's, it sounds stupid. They're a huge part of American food and you, it's crazy. It's just There's, a food staple. It's, it's the easiest staple. way to get protein. It's would, the easiest way to get nutrients. Like, And I was trying to order, so I was looking on Postmates the other day for this one egg plate that I was going to order that I didn't end up ordering. Nearly $30 for the whole thing. There was bacon too, but I was like, this is not. Yeah, it's bad. That's, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, I think it'll be part of the, we got too much to talk about, you know what I'm saying? But I think part of the like, <laughs> future of crypto and decentralized economies i'm going somewhere josh is looking at me like i'm not going somewhere okay is going to be a reversion away from mass systems and into more localized opt-in systems and governances so smaller networks you'll be voting within your neighborhood you'll be voting you know within your city you will be having you know 
supply relationships closer to home, closer to you. Like you'll no longer be getting chia seeds from Thailand. I don't, sorry, I don't know where chia seeds are grown, but like those kinds of imports I think will be less common. And the prices of goods, I think this is the the beginning of a you know, shift into buying things that are near to you that you could get without a mass distribution system. That's why food deserts are such a problem. But I think we're, we're heading into an era of like villages, you know, of like either crypto powered villages and internet villages, like your metaverse will be a village, but also like your physical world will be a village, like your physical supply chain by necessity will be closer to home and will be more with people you know and everything. Who's doing this? Like How that. can I invest? I don't know. Just kidding. I was waiting for you to say communities. Who's you know doing what? this? The suburbs. I'm are not <laughs> full of buzzwords. That's why I didn't say communities. Your community doesn't mean jack. Who's to building me. this? <laughs> Goodbye. Are you describing a DAO, ma'am? Everything is. Your eggs are a DAO now. Okay, so I have a theory that the worst person you dated was during COVID. Anyone's. It's mm. just you get locked in and you're making the worst decisions. And I feel like- Sucks for all the people who got married during COVID. They probably met someone before Your marriage though. is a sham. Yeah, but not because, I don't think anyone, you're making a decision in, a, in the worst In state. a vacuum, really. Yeah. Do you remember when people were doing like Zoom dating? People were doing Zoom dating. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, did you do one of those? Is Zoom? the worst person you've ever dated worse than being alone? <laughs> yes. Yeah, a hundred percent. it is. But I think people are just really starving for human connection. <laughs> I give everyone a pass. Okay, I will just say. I had a toxic relationship during COVID. I give it a pass. I, people bring mine up to me uh. and they're like, remember when you dated so-and-so? And I'm like, that is the one Actually, someone did that to her yesterday. I witnessed it. Yeah, and I was like, dude, that is the, that's my one like blip mm. on my dating record. Mm. And there's no way for me to properly explain it besides that I was in a state of trauma and that I couldn't, you know, also he did this to me, which I, you know, men, if you want to take tips on this, it actually worked. And I thought it was smart that he did oh. it. We went on like one, one, maybe two dates. And I was trying to like throw him in the friend zone. I was like, hey, I just want to be just friends. And he's like, well, I don't want to be friends. And I was like, oh shit, kind of alpha. But also I think I was just like, oh, okay. Like we could try this out. Like, I don't oh, also- yes. I, I was lying when I said that in the first place, actually. <laughs> no, it was, I was just testing you, it turns out. <laughs> I won't sleep with you for the first four dates either. I can remember going on the date during COVID and also during the BLM protests where they only would allow you out for about an hour. And what? They would I wasn't here during that time. Yeah, I forgot. You're like, <laughs> I was in Florida. <laughs> I was here uh, during the summertime and it was hell because you worked from home all day. You couldn't go out. And so then this guy basically is like, you want to go on a date? We couldn't even sit in a restaurant. We had to pick up drinks from a to-go thing and then walk around and it's, we're sweating, we're so hot. And he goes, do you wanna to come to my apartment? And I'm pretty much like, I would never do this, but it's so fucking hot. Like you're just in a state, you're just, everything got 
Mm. It's just everything that should have happened in that relationship or that date uh, was just not normal because mm. it, it was life wasn't normal because life wasn't normal. And so I'm like, okay, so I, which was a weird move, but I was, we were like visibly sweating. Yeah. And so he had this apartment in the village and we went in there and just like drank our drinks with the AC on. And I knew he was, he was a friend, a friend had introduced us. So, you know, I don't, think he was gonna like kill me or anything right uh so i felt okay about it because mm. if the friend would hear about it you know right yeah um naturally and so but he basically pulled that he was pulled that line of i was like i don't i don't want a boyfriend or he was like well i don't want to be just a friend and so i like that line actually that's, I, that's good for him and it's good for men to say that because i think that you can number one drop the relationship you, you don't want to be friend zone like you don't want to do that but also it honors yourself and whatever. And then me, I was basically like, oh, but I did want to be your friend. I actually did want to be his friend. And then I was like, well, maybe we could go Here's on Here's a great date. tip into coercing a woman to be your girlfriend when she doesn't want it. And she'll date you for a year. It was eight months. Because she's too, I don't know what. I don't know <laughs> why she will. I don't know why. I tried, I wasn't happy the whole time, but I was like. Did you date the worst person you've ever dated during COVID or did you marry them? Comment below. Yes. And that's the observation. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll be back next time. Good luck and Godspeed. You